that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player N64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand off. Hitting buck, hit the chug, Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player N64. You ain't cuffing, get these hundreds, I'ma tell a hoe. It was all no love, I was dead broke. Now I'm getting head till they fucking neck. Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World presents a Bully and a Hipster Sports Talk podcast, week number thirteen. Uh, as always, I got my man Shahid here this week. How's it going? It's going okay. Just left the dentist's office, got my cleaning, scheduled some other work. Cause your boy gonna have a new smile in twenty twenty. That's the goal. Hey, yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, doing the, doing the show with you, y'all. You getting me famous, so I can't be ugly no more. <laughs> hey, I I um I got nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, let's talk some football because both of our teams we're on a losing effort this week. Uh, I guess we'll start off with the Monday night game. Uh, Minnesota travels to Seattle, takes an L, thirty-seven to thirty. I want to say we didn't play a bad game, but what we, what we did were we put ourselves in bad situations as far as turnovers and um, penalties, penalties killing our drives, uh, and we couldn't stop the running game. It's just something that, and it was interesting last um, last night. They say you know we had the number one third down defense, and I couldn't see it. <laughs> I absolutely didn't see it last night. Uh, especially in the second half, because they did what they that line was just their old line was just pushing our defensive line anywhere they wanted to get eight, seven to eight yards, and you know Russell Wilson picking up two yards is like what whatever. Um, so I'm not mad about the effort on offense. I'm just a little shaky on that defense, man. And and it's getting it's, but these are the teams that we're gonna be playing if we make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, if we don't fumble the bag. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the game last night? Yes, I did. I watched I watched more than half of it, actually. I finished watching the game after the Sixer game went off. So, And your text was keeping me interested in the game. I mean, it's hard to win when you got turnovers. And it's hard to win when you can't stop the other team. And both of those things happen. So you've been talking about the Minnesota defense all year. And you've been using the word mid with frowning faces. <laughs> It, it started to show. It just started to show, and I'm just a little now I'm more worried than I was before. At first, it was light, but last night just showed a oof. Uh, if we could have just got out of, out of our own way last night, and I think that was the big issue, um, because Seattle's a team. Damn, we could probably see them again, you know, in the playoffs. And like I said, I knew it was gonna be tough going to Seattle and play, but we played better than I thought last week because you were saying, you know, we shouldn't have no problems in the first half. I was like, hey, we played a pretty much clean game that first half. Second, second half adjustments came, and y'all know how Pete Carroll is, and they they just really, you know, did what they do because, like they said, it was both teams are similar, run, uh, set up play action. I you know, but they had the advantage of Russell Wilson because he could just take off with his leg, and that was all the key. Here's here's the difference between the two offenses, and one is Russell Wilson, and the other one is Minnesota has a lot more offensive talent than Seattle does, and there is a gap between Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's a sizable gap, but it's not like his Kirk Cousins has his issues, but he's not garbage. And you would think the other talent on Minnesota were over would basically close that gap. It just seemed like coaching is the issue. Like, whenever I watch Minnesota's offense, I'm like, it should be better. Like, it's good. But that offense is like you got two top-notch receivers and one of the best running backs in the league. And I know the line is an issue. It's like, you know, it should be – because Seattle's defense isn't this, you know, knockdown defense like it used to be. And every time I watch, I'm just like, yeah, it's just something off. And I can't say it's all Kirk Cousins either. Well, also, too, when Cook went out, that changed everything the second half. That absolutely changed everything because 
I've seen the offense on non-televised games, <laughs> and I've seen the offense clicking. And I understand Thielen is out too, so you know that's another weapon that's out. But even without Thielen, the tight ends, the uh, digs, it's like no, no, we still should be like a high-powered offense. And it's like we'll show glimpses here and there, but we can. And when it's prime times, it's like when those prime time games come, Monday night games, it's like it's just. I don't know, man. <laughs> we can't show out like we need to. I, and I hope we can retire this whole running backs don't matter because how many times do you have to prove that? And yesterday was another proof of that. Like the offense looks a certain way with Dalvin Cook, you know, fumble aside. And then the offense looked a different way without Dalvin Cook. And we keep saying running backs are interchangeable. It doesn't really matter. You don't need to draft that, you know, first and second round. It's a waste of money a waste of resources and no that's that's false like what's the whole what's that spongebob thing how many how many times we got to teach you this lesson old man like how many times we got to keep going through this before people stop saying the same old crap but i don't know what would been worse as a fan for you like when they were losing by a lot or when they got close and came up short because i know they were down 17 and i was like you know paying attention and i turned back again it's like oh you know they had a comeback early in the year i remember the denver game because it went from down by 17 to down by 10 to down by four which should have been three but they missed the extra point yeah and that changed the whole dynamics of the game because like instead of needing three to tie you need a touchdown to win and you know you can coach different and yeah more moving that extra point back has definitely changed how important kickers are right like because you're starting to see it more and more especially this season like jesus how many people has missed <laughs> extra point field goals like and you would think it would be the easiest thing but moving it back really i mean kicking is a premium like if you don't have a kicker you trust you know like our kicker missed his first one this year but this is his first one they just resigned for five years because it's like if you have a kicker and i'm and it's weird because like you know, kickers come and go. They might like Dan Bailey used to be the man in mm-hmm. Dallas, and when he got released, people were kind of like surprised. It's like one of the most. It's like you never know with kickers. If it's not Justin Tucker, you have no clue. It's like they may be good for a long, or like a Scousey, that might be good for a long time, and then just the switch goes off and just banging off goalposts. So. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you, you got to still making the playoffs. Either you're going to win a division or be a wild card. What's funny about that, as somebody was pointing out, like saying, is a good chance that the 49ers will be on a roll playing against either the Eagles and the Cowboys in the playoffs? That's crazy. You know how batshit crazy that would be? <laughs> That's crazy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> You'd be 13 and 3 on the road playing against the 8 and 8 division winner. And it's like, oh, that would be. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a good chance. It, it's a good chance that it could happen. And we always have to talk about, you know, seating shouldn't, like, division winners shouldn't matter in seating. But I'm like, that's the rule. Until so they change the rule, the rule is the rule. Yeah. Um, I do like the grid of the Vikings. Uh, because oh, no, 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 no. I just know it would have been years, a couple of years before that game. Once it got started getting like seventeen points, and we would have gave up. But you know, we tra- you know we kept fighting to the end. Whatever that means, we gonna move. To, we'll play Detroit. So hopefully, we'll have a bounce back game this Sunday. We better. Who do you got? Who do you guys play? Detroit. Oh. Well, Detroit's a scrappy team. They also have grit because they love that in the Midwest. But, you know, and they had – and we got to hear a new quarterback. And Detroit quarterback play on Thursday, and I'm hearing talk. It's like I don't want to hear anybody thinking Colin Kaepernick's not good enough to get a job because I don't even – I've never heard of this dude before. And I, I have – I watch Sunday Ticket. I keep up with football. And some of these guys, they probably the woodwork. It's like you got to be kidding me. You, who, who was doing it? Was Troy Aikman doing that game? Somebody was doing that game, and they were really trying to hype him up. I was like, "Stop, just stop!" Oh, he's got point. Like, okay, he hit somebody that was 15 yards wide open. I'm glad he had enough arm strength to do that. But like, he's got poise in the pocket. It's mad. I look at his numbers. I'm like, boy, the I know we talking about low bars. This a damn, this a damn. Um, what's the 
What's the the limbo bar? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's because I'm like, good lord, you can crawl under this bar. Shit. <laughs> yeah, they like were, it just they were, they were doing too much Sunday. I was like, st- I mean, on a Thursday for Thanksgiving, I was like, would they just cut this out? Yeah, he's, he's got he, he's he's playing he's good. Clutch. He's open. He wasn't even playing good. He's playing average, yeah. below well, average. I, I, I don't know. I guess it was the the situation, him coming in, playing a big Thanksgiving game. I guess that's what they were trying to say, but I was just still like, whatever. They didn't, didn't we learn our lesson doing that with Daniel Jones and Cal Allen earlier <laughs> year? Leading them. Daniel Dimes. You know, there's nobody say that garbage anymore. They used to, they used to warm up. Eli Manning was going to get back in the, was going to get in the game. And, and yes. on top of that, but you know, I was, I was rooting for him because I, just didn't want to hear that Trubisky shit. And boy, would it, did it start that shit back up again. Look, you're going to hear that again. You're going to hear Jared Goff again because he had one good game, and that's fine. And sometimes good games don't matter. You know who had a good game and didn't make a difference? Carson Wentz. Ooh. Yeah, let's talk about that game. Ooh. I'll just say two things. One, we always lose to Ryan Fitzpatrick. It doesn't matter what team he plays for. We lost him last year when he was on Tampa. Deshaun just roasted us. And it's like, it's, you know, he's played against the Eagles on seven different teams. <laughs> <laughs> you know how, and it's like, I don't know what's a perfect example of mediocrity in the career of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because his thing is, he's perfect for those situations. Because if you have him in, you don't have any expectations to win. So you can just gamble. That's what he, he just throws it up. If it's an interception, so what? We ain't going to win anyway. And they could not do nothing with Devontae Parker at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they just kept throwing it up, and it's just one-on-one, and we got a big receiver against a small cornerback and a jump-off situation that's going to happen. They were up 28-14, and I'm like, okay, this game should be a wrap. They look, they're moving smooth. They're going fine. And then it was one – it was like one sequence of events that didn't seem like a big deal became a big deal. Jack Ertz drops a pass on second down that would have been a first and goal at like the five for the four. Carson Wentz gets sacked on third down, and then they miss a field goal. Oh my god, they still up two touchdowns, no big deal. It became it became a big deal. And then because Miami scored like five straight times. Like that's fake field goal. Whatever. I, that wouldn't work on Madden, but it's like it's real life. And I'm like, how are you supposed to stop that? You don't see stuff like that in the pros. That's some college stuff that people laugh at. So I'm not even mad at that. But it's like, you know, normally you score 28 to 30 points, you should win. And the Eagles defense been good the last month. They could not stop Miami at all. Miami just kept chucking it up all day long. And it was just, it went over. They got beat. It wasn't like if this happened or that happened. No, Miami just beat them, you know. And I would say it's it's funny when you get one receiver that's worth a damn how better Carson Wentz looked because Alshon Jeffrey was back, and it's like, oh, I can throw it to a wide out. Not just throwing at the tight ends that double and triple team. But it's like, you know, they're five and seven. <sighs> Doug Peterson, you know, it's – People worry about Doug Peterson. His job, yes, his job is safe. He won a Super Bowl two years ago. They went to playoffs last year. He ain't getting fired. Some of those coordinators, um, yeah, especially on they, it's some issues. The team should be a lot better than what they are. There's no excuse to lose Miami in Miami. None. That team is too damn talented. And it wasn't like fluky stuff. They just lost. They could not stop Miami. You can't. And their Miami offense is not that good. You know the worst part about it though? What's that? They can still win a division. All they gotta <laughs> do is win their last all they gotta do is win their last four games because the rest of the games are all division games. They play Monday night against the Giants. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. This that game gonna be on Monday night. They better not lose. Them fans somebody might try to assassinate Carson once they lose to the Giants on Monday night. Okay, before we get there to your division, now I said this last week and I had to correct myself. I was like, oh no, the Bills are eight and three. This is not going to be an easy game for the Cowboys. What did I get from some Cowboy fans? Oh, stop hating. We should win this easy. I it's, 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 What they say, so it's just the Bills. I said, hey, the Bills defense is pretty good. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I'll say I was surprised, too, because it's like, it's weird because I've seen the Bills. 
and they do have a good defense. But their offense was, was always suspect. I'm like, we beat the Bills easy. So I'm like, the Cowboys, like, you know, of course I was rooting for the Bills. I'm like, you know, Cowboys are decent. It's in Dallas. It's Josh. And they had Josh Allen looking like Jim Kelly. And I'm mad because they talk about, like, he's the, it's like Jim Kelly reincarnate. I'm like, see what y'all did, Dallas. <laughs> like, he was torching them. Like, they, they beat them. They beat them down. They just beat Dallas down. It was just kind of like, ooh, you just see Jerry Jones' face. Oh, he was tight. In the, in the box, he was tight. He put his face in his hands. He frowned his face up. He like, boy. What's funny? Yeah, somebody get fired. Because that trick play, what was the end of the first half? I think it was the end of the first half. They did that little trick the play. the first half. That just mm-hmm. it's like that that play sealed everything. It's like Dallas was like, man, whatever. And then they couldn't yeah. stop they couldn't stop Cole Beasley. <laughs> the revenge Cole Beasley revenge game. No, he was saucy talking about they ain't never respected me. They ain't give me no deal. And it was funny how Cowboys fans tell everybody how good Cole Beasley was until it was time to get paid. And then he was just anybody in the slot. You can put any white guy in the slot. Ooh. Yeah, I guess you can't. I guess you can actually, because Cole Beasley out there dancing on them boys, and I'm just watching this game like it may happen again because they play Chicago Thursday. Somebody might win the division, go eight and eight. Like it's, and I don't even know how I feel because it's like, of course, I want the Eagles to be in the playoffs, and once you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs. But it's like this team has beaten Green Bay, but lost to Miami. This team has beaten Buffalo, but lost to Atlanta. <laughs> like, this team has beaten good teams and lost to bad teams. Like, they beat Green Bay in Green Bay. They beat Buffalo in Buffalo. They play close with Seattle and close with New England. Down to why with shorthanded teams. But they just got mollywopped by bad teams. So, I don't know what team is going to show up. You know, it's because it's, it's hard to judge the team because it's like they're – Injured on the offense, and you thought the defense was fine until yesterday. It's kind of like you don't know. I just know that Mike Grow needs to go. And that was offensive coordinator. He should have never got the job in the first place. That was damn nepotism. Like, he got to go. It's funny that you bring that up about the Eagles because the Cowboys are on a different spectrum. They lose. <laughs> they, they beat bad teams and lose to good teams. So it's like yeah. – yeah, I guess y'all should. You know, whenever y'all when y'all play again, I guess y'all should win. I mean, like if we play this whole thing like this, they beat. If all they gotta do is beat the Giants twice and beat the Redskins, and then the big thing is beating Dallas, they can theoretically go four and zero. I have no idea if they will or not because like you don't know with this team. You could I, you could sit you could tell me they go four and zero. You could tell me they go zero and four, and I believe both of it because like this team is schizophrenic. Like, so we'll see. Like, just get a win because stuff getting tight. You're not hearing the Carson Wentz stuff too much anymore because one, Carson Wentz was fine. He had finally had a good game after like three weeks. And then two, Nick Foles is not fine. <laughs> no, he isn't. <laughs> not at all. They talking about that boy like he's Sam Bradford. Like, he just went to Jacksonville and robbed the bank. <laughs> I, I am... Oof, I'm shocked. I'm just shocked because why? Not more, not so, not more of the outcome because I figured this would happen. Different team, different atmosphere. Just stuff is going to be way different than it was in Philly. I'm just shocked at the more of the fan base because I remember uh, the little small pocket of people I know that do like Jacksonville. I guess you know they was talking. Oh, you know we finally got a good quarterback. We got a running game, good defense. Uh, you know we shouldn't make some noise. And now they have turned on my man. Here's the thing. Everyone who said Nick Foles was a good quarterback, I'm like, if he was a good quarterback, he wouldn't have been bouncing around the league like that. Yeah. I keep – and that's why you always got fresh. I'm like, it's people who watch the highlights and read the history of Nick Foles, and then it's people who watch the games that Nick Foles play. And trust me, the Eagles front man, they made a mistake. They aren't dumb. They weren't dumb when they traded him the first time. I was like, Nick Foles works when everything else around him works. And I'm going to tell you what the Eagles offense 
2017. It's like you could have put 15 guys back there. No offense to Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz was playing great, but it's like Jared Goff could have won on that Eagles team. That offense was just clicking that year. Everything was on point. So, like, Nick Foles having two good games. Now he's Nick Foles, the god, and he's clutch. I'm like, that shit was that shit was trash. He was a false idol. And people get caught up in narratives, and Jacksonville threw him more. It's funny how all these TV, the quarterbacks, and only Jacksonville went after him. And Jacksonville paid him all that money, more than they had to. He's like, we wanted to show you the respect that we believe you're a starting quarterback. Okay, you could have been like, been like the coach and do that with Jacoby Brissett and save money, but like, nah, you want him, you know, Super Bowl MVP and blah blah blah, and look at him now. They got all that damn money on the cap. It's fine because Gardner Minshew was making chunk change, so you just kind of like, well, we're just they can look at it like we're paying the quarterback position X amount of dollars, and we're getting this play is fine. The truth is, you're paying that amount of money because you overpaying Nick Foles. And you have to deal with overpaying Nick Foles, but Nick Foles isn't playing. So I knew I just I don't laugh because I don't want to see any player that's a decent human being struggle. But I knew this was going to happen, and I just laughed at Eagles fans talking about you know we should have checked Nick Foles. And now I'm watching some sports shows. Some old there's a way to get Nick Foles back in Philly for what? So we hear this argument all over again. Like no, that ship sailed. Leave Nick Foles where he at so he can cash his checks and retire and raise his kids and make America great again. So <laughs> let him do that. A MAGA guy from Austin, Texas. He should be shaming himself anyway, but whatever. Um, and we could talk about the uh, big game of the week that everybody was hyped for, the 49ers and Ravens. Did you get the chance to watch that game? I watched the no. I was watching the highlights and like some stuff on Red Zone because it was the same. Stupidly, I'm a I'm a hometown fan. I was watching the Eagles game. They both. I don't know why they didn't move that game to four o'clock. The Forty yeah. ers Ravens game. I'm like, that's the game everybody wanted to see. You got that on one with nine other games. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I was um really watching that game and man, both teams are just they're both good. Like, <laughs> it's insane how good both of those teams are. Um. I, the game was sloppy, you know, for reasons because, I mean, it was raining and all that good stuff. But I'm like you now, and I think I've seen enough of Garoppolo. I'm not sold on him at all. Like, he's good. I don't know if he's good he enough. He ain't good. He ain't good. <laughs> I, I'm going to say he's if you gotta no, if you gotta talk yourself into it, then he's not good. No, what I'm saying, you're saying I don't know what the playoffs. When the playoffs come, I just don't know how it's gonna work. Because he's not good. You can tell that they're coaching and I get it, it was weather, so both teams were doing it. So you, you sound like what? you sound like a parent making an excuse for a three year old, why you taking so long to walk. <laughs> What's all these disclaimers? Like, hey, he's good. I'm not sure if he's good enough. I don't know if it's going to be the playoffs. I heard a lot of I'm not sure and I don't know. You know what I mean? He's not good. Because if he was good, we wouldn't be having these, this discussion would sound a lot different. It would just be they lost to a better team and I would love to see him again in the Super Bowl. Not, oh, you know, maybe Jimmy G can do. Because trust me, you're not talking about Deshaun Watson like that. You no. But what, what, other, I- what other top teams are you talking about that with the quarterback where it's like they're good quarterbacks? You're saying I'm not sure they're good enough. Because I okay, I guess that's what I'm saying. This is my first year actually paying attention to Garoppolo for re, well, you know, he was out or whatever. But what I'm saying is, I think I've seen about four, four, four or three games this year, and I've tried to pay attention to this one the most. And I would have liked to see what they could do on a clean weather day, like if no rain on. The, I just want I, um get their brains beaten because they wouldn't <laughs> be able to stop Lamar Jackson. That's what would have happened. Like, what are I you mean, they could about? barely was, stop. They could barely stop him in the rain, so of course that would end. The defense played a good game. They limited his passing yards. He still ran over 100, over 100 yards, and they still won, even with, like, you know, and a lot of stuff went San Francisco away. It's like San Francisco didn't play a bad game. They played a good game in the situation and still lost. Yeah. It's like, so I know people say, oh, San Francisco would be proud. At least they were close. It's like. No, 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 no. Ellis like, Those six. <laughs> yeah, loss is a loss. And. It's enough about Jimmy Garoppolo screams to me that it's like you talk about you like calling Jared Goff Shane Douglas. <laughs> What's the difference? What's the Jimmy Garoppolo got paid off five 
decent games because San Francisco was used to trash. I mean, I got lucky. I, I mean, and he I, got paid. He go got ahead. traded because he had three good games. Like what, two or three good games on the Patriots? So Bill Belichick coached him up. Cal Shanahan's coached him up. We didn't learn this lesson with Sean McVay. Like maybe it has something to do with like the coach and the surroundings. Because like you said, is it anything that Jimmy Garoppolo that screams like, yeah, this is a Pro Bowl leader of a Super Bowl team? No, he's just a dude. That's all he is. He's a dude that's pretty, that can stand upright, make certain passes at certain times. It's fine to have that because a lot of teams don't even have that. And ain't nothing special. Like how many teams now? would trade their starting quarterback, like good teams or teams with good quarterbacks, would trade their starting quarterback for Jimmy G. And you can ignore salary. Mm, probably. Do you think Minnesota would trade? You think Minnesota would trade Kirk Cousins for Jimmy G? I would hope not. I, mm, I don't know. No. I, no. I, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. What has, Jimmy, what has Jimmy G done? What has he done to I say mean, that he's goes, Kirk that Cousins? goes back that goes back to the uh, the thing you we both always said he's a he's a big tall white guy with a strong arm. Yeah, so it's like and his arm ain't <laughs> even that strong. It's like he a big tall pretty white guy. He can move around, chew gum, and throw the ball both to his left and his right. Whoop the damn dude! And ain't nothing. Spe- we see we see spe- that's a whole thing now. We see special and we see above average. We see we know what a good quarterback looks like. So I have no sympathy for people that's getting caught up in these average QBs thinking you do something like if you're used to watching Cam Newton and you really think Cal Allen is better than Cam a healthy Cam Newton, then you're insane. We can't have no conversation about football. You're a lunatic. <laughs> like like quite frankly, like a lunatic. Like if you see Deshaun Watson do what he does, and you see Patrick Mahomes, and then you try to tell me Mitch Trubisky ain't too bad, like what are we talking about? It's like talking to a three-year-old after he eating glue and asking about calculus. Like, I'm a bigger fool than he is because he's three and I should know better. I'm not having those discussions about quarterback play. When I see good quarterback play, don't try to give me average quarterback play and make it good. Like, oh, well, at least he wasn't horrible. At least he wasn't Nathan Peterman. Let's give him money. Like, we need to stop doing that. Nick Foles should approve that we need to stop doing that. We just talked about Nick Foles, and we just talked about what Jacksonville did, and it's going to be some like, – that dude on Detroit, somebody going to throw some money at him thinking, oh, I can mold him. He's white. <laughs> but He's, He probably talks to his brother. He made a good pass here and there. I can make him special. He might be Tom Brady if I'm lucky. Like, somebody going to be delusional enough that – do that stuff. I'm gonna do this all over again. We got like three guys named Allen, and only one of them half decent. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I do, and maybe that's just me wanting to believe he's good, mm-hmm. and that's probably what it is more than anything. Because the ten and two record kind of hides all that. Because a lot of people doesn't want, don't watch San Francisco. A lot of people didn't see that game, so it's like, oh yeah, Jimmy G's good. Look at the team. Blah blah blah. And you look at his numbers, and his numbers are like, uh, maybe he's a man. Here's the dirty secret about a lot of sports. If you're not a team that's on national TV a lot, you're only getting watched by your fans. Unless you're like a sports a football analyst that's going to go back and watch. So a lot of times, like, well, they got a good record. I heard of Jimmy Garoppolo. He used to be on New England. He must be good. His name sounds like he's good. They got <laughs> such and such. Yeah, like this. It's you know you don't have time to analyze things, so you go by based on the data you see. The data ain't that much, and you make false, false images, and that's what's going on. I'm, no, he ain't special. Russell Wilson is special. I mean, that's but- special. Patrick Mahomes is special. Lamar Jackson, the MVP, is special. Aaron Rodgers, the God, is special. Even like you know, like I've. I watch Carson Wentz enough and I get frustrated because he messes up on like simple stuff. I've seen enough special stuff from him where it's like, I don't know how he did that shit. The no special I look for. So, no, you can you keep your Jimmy G all you want. You think that's nah. He ain't. He's going to be fine until he plays into a, a good team because that defense can only do so much. Like, you know, they're going to run into a team with an offense and they're going to run into a shootout and it's not going to end well with them. Yeah, um, but shout out to Jimmy G Dayton game though. I don't know if he got bullied out of <laughs> Dayton porn stars or not. <laughs> he probably he probably won a win on a date. He went on his date and that was it. People often date somebody once or twice. 
Yeah, he got he got bullied. But I, I, whatever. Oh, the real quarterbacks don't do that. They they date actresses and then get them pregnant and leave. Like, oh, we can't say that about Tom Brady, can we? Yeah, that was yeah. Bad, I heard man. that talk about. I heard that the talk when Jimmy G went on the date with Kiara Mia tomorrow. I don't know if that's a good look. He's a starting quarterback. quarterback. Boy, I was like, he, what? Who cares? If he was a punter, it would be, if he was a punter, it would be fine. Like, what did we talk about? He's a starting quarterback. He represents the team. I'm like, they're in San Francisco. He's a grown ass man. Like, shut this. We need to stop treating quarterbacks like they're four star generals. Like, <laughs> right? <no. laughs> and because some of them generals are trash. Like, he's a that's his job. He's a quarterback. He went on a date. Who cares what she does? Uh, last time I checked, her job is legal. And I'm sure a lot of people making those comments have seen her videos and have felt a certain way. So they need to either stop being jealous or stop being haters and shut up with this whole, I need my quarterback to be a man. And, and what do you want to date? Um, a, act, a CW actress? Yeah, that was, that was, that was absolutely Snow, Want to date Caitlin Snow from The Flash? Fly <laughs> to Vancouver, going to date with that. Hey, let me holler at you. Like, what do we give you? Damn break. I, that's the one hypocrisy I hate about football. They treat like it's damn war. Like, even though it's funny when they have both ways. They treat football like war, but they make fun of players getting injured. Like, why don't you just put some ice on it? And like, why don't you just walk it off? Didn't we just have movies about that? How many stories we have about CTE and people blowing their brains out in their forties and we still downplaying injuries? Hey, like you know what the, you know the 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 maddening thing about that was that you're so you're telling me that it's a big deal who he dates and because what she does how, how long is it before y'all just saying oh nah she black you can't date her you know what i'm saying like like how much it's in it just don't make sense no she don't make enough money you can't date her that that, that doesn't look right for a quarterback man i guarantee you some of these wild, wild receivers out here have been wilding hanging out with uh pinky and <laughs> But I'm like, what's the big deal? Can't you say the other way around? Oh, because I hear women all the time be like, I ain't paying no big deal. He a backup point guard. You go on Twitter and they like the the beautiful ones like y'all sweat me over such as like he don't even start. They look at them as disposable. So it's funny how the men and so look at the women like she's such and such and so like that. Like them women ain't paying that no mind. A lot of times they look at they looking at the men worse than the men would even think about looking at the women. If the men realize that, they'd be horrified. People, it's just toxic masculinity and the patriarchy just doing what I always do. You got to date such and such. If you at this certain level, you got to do this, this, and that. Guess what? No. You know the truth is? If you're at a certain level, you get to do whatever you want. Who going to tell you no? You get to marry and date whatever you choose to be because you got enough fuck you money, enough prestige that like, ain't nobody going to try to check you. Like, who cares? You think Kobe cares what his wife used to do? No, he just married her. Just married her. I never heard him. I say, "Oh, um, well, what Michael Jordan wife? What was her career?" I'm like nothing. Nobody gave a damn. He really did. Nobody. <laughs> really Nobody. Did. It, it never came. It never comes up in certain situations. It only comes up after if they get married after they famous, and then it becomes a thing. Like I never heard anybody ask about Cookie Johnson's career when she married the Magic. I'm like, oh, Magic married a Cookie. Tiger Woods get married to old. He he won such as he won the Tiger Slam such and such as and she a nanny. So what? A job, a job. Mm-hmm. Money is money. Like, a job is a job. A job, job, a job, money is money. And he played golf. So he she's pretty, he's rich. They got married. People get married for whatever reason they want. And that's so this whole moralizing football. Like a football all places. Going to moralize about carrots and how you act and stuff like that. Like, come on, man. We we all know the history. Like, cut that shit out. I got a question for you, and I'm gonna do it since all the other. Well, I don't know if anybody else is talking about it, but I've seen the conversation floating around. Is James Harden the greatest scorer since Michael Jordan? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like the numbers don't. The numbers. Say what the numbers say, and this, and I will say this: He is currently, and but that's with the caveat because he's in a unique situation that maximizes scoring. Because truth be told, Kevin, if LeBron James, if 
I won't say LeBron because he doesn't have that mindset. If Kevin Durant and Steph Curry wanted to do this, they could have done that. And it would have been easier because Kevin Durant's bigger and Steph Curry's a better shooter. So theoretically, they both could have done that. But they are in those situations. They aren't doing it. So we have to go with James Harden. Like, he's doing it. He's actively doing it. Yes, the rules help. Yes, the system helps. But the numbers are the numbers. I will say this. If you ain't a Houston Rock, I have never met a James Harden fan that wasn't in my life. It is nothing enjoyable about James Harden do what he does at all. It's like watching the Honky Tonk Man match. Um, I try to avoid uh, Rockets games until the playoffs. So, yeah. It is nothing. It's like, and I keep in mind the team I watch can be tough to watch, but I've watched Rockets, Rockets games. And it's just like, you know how you watch them, like, yeah, I know it work, but it's like when somebody can your eye poking and roll it with a small pack. It's like, yeah, it, it, you won, but that shit ain't fun. That's how James is just lurching around. I'm going to take three and a half steps, they going to call a walk. I'm going to throw my body in like somebody shot me in the neck, go to foul line, uh, and just, it's nothing. It's just, you know, it's step back. I'm going to three steps back and shoot a 40-foot three, and now everybody do that crap. Everybody shooting step back threes because of him. It's like if you're if it works, it works. That shit ain't fun, and there's nothing's fun about watching him. Like kudos to him, he's gonna go to Hall of Fame and everything like that. You know the problem, and I'm glad you brought James Harden because it, it leads my sec. I was thinking about this. It's a lot of teams that have annoying fans. Mm-hmm. My team has very annoying fans online. Laker fans can be obnoxious. You know how like Knicks fans. You don't hear about Golden State fans anymore. Spurs fans used to be, I used to thought most agreed people because they had a complex. They like, imagine the Cowboys fans, but the Cowboys won. They like the worst of the Cowboys plus the worst of the Patriots because they win and they swear the league has it against them. Like, we don't get no respect. We a small market town. Y'all don't respect Tim Duncan and dot, dot, dot. And they always got that. It's just like, nobody got sympathy for y'all. Y'all been winning for like 25 <laughs> years. And I'm glad watching them lose now just because I don't got to hear Spurs anymore. Having said all that, it is not a more annoying fan base on an organization online than the Houston damn Rockets. Have you heard how they – you? and it's not just the fans. It's the organization. You hear how they talk sometimes like, well, I know Giannis won the MVP. But if you really break down the numbers, James Harden should have won. Like, no, shut up. And that wasn't that wasn't fans saying it. Just fans saying that. That was the Rockets putting like a damn PowerPoint. Like they, they drew Gulak breaking down why James Harden was really the MVP and Pollux's was the reason why he didn't win. Yeah. Um I'm gonna honestly say that I know a couple of uh, Rockets fans, and what you're saying is 100 percent true. <laughs> they are, it's they are so damn delusional. It's weird, and especially when it comes to <clears throat> once their team is in the playoffs or they lose a series, it's always these excuses. Lord, don't let them lose to the uh, Warriors because it's this is A, B, C, and D what happened, and this is the reason why we should have won. I'm just like, yo, stop. Yeah, it ain't, if, if we hadn't missed twenty five three pointers, we would have won the game. You hear how stupid that sounds? Like, if you mean if the outcome that happened didn't happen, it'd have been a different outcome. That's how life works. And it's always you like, if they done this and if they done that, and you know, James Harden, y'all don't like, and James Harden come out, ain't nobody get double teamed like me. And people put in pictures like Steph Curry getting triple team in the All Star game. Like, Golden State Warriors couldn't come to roast. I'm like, James, what do you talk about, James Harden? You mad because you getting double team? You averaged almost 40 points a game. What, we what you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Like, good players get good players get double team. Some get triple team. Like no one's ever gone through what I've gone through. Like oops, this low management crap. I ain't doing a low management. I'm playing my whole 82. And it's funny on two levels. Cause one, people may all some all like look like you do plenty of low management when you play defense. And two, what's the big argument about them? He has all that load and weight on him during the regular season. So by the time the playoffs come out, come in, he's tired. Dog so tired. maybe dog tired and like maybe load match will help. But now nah, you'll be a tough guy with your beard and, you know, go to strip club and I'm going to shoot, do whatever things. I'm a man. And they get bounced in the second round. Like, oh, ain't my fan. You know, PJ Tucker got suspended. 
if that didn't happen, you know, Clint Capella had a jump shot. We could have played him against Golden State. We'd have won. And I'm just looking for like Russell Westbrook strangling somebody in the playoffs when somebody do some dumb shit and James Harden gonna look at him, gonna look a certain way. Because it's funny, we talk about this whole thing. We had talk about Russell Westbrook. They friends. Mm-hmm. This established that they friends. They get along. Russell Westbrook ain't about to play play. He ain't about no lazy stuff like that. And that shit gonna come up in the playoffs. And James Harden gonna be on his BS, and Russell Westbrook gonna be like, "Don't get punched in the gut like Wolverine did Cyclops." <laughs> so that shit is gonna come, and people are gonna laugh because it's like it's funny where there's a lot of Russell Westbrook fans. People mm-hmm. love Russell Westbrook. It ain't a lot of a whole lot of James Harden fans unless they're Rocket fans. And to see the two of them, like those two personalities, don't mesh as far as fan base, and it's fine now. I'm just curious because they aren't winning enough. They're gonna get blitzed by either the Lakers or the Clippers, and I'm just curious to see which one, which team it's gonna be. You know, it's funny because the way that. Um, James Harden plays in the way that uh, Russell Westbrook plays. You wouldn't think they would. I, I, it just don't mesh well. So, and I think I think it's gonna be the playoffs because you even saw at the beginning of the season. You know they were arguing or whatever, which is fine. That's not a big deal. But you know when it gets time to come to playoffs, I can see that really becoming more of a big thing because we've seen James Harden in the playoffs and what he does, and it's almost a thing of ah, I'm gonna rest for a while. You know, he'll stand around. Yeah, or the other other sh- shots ain't hitting either. Yeah. Either Russell Westbrook gonna shoot him out out of a game, or James Harden will. And they the ba- gonna beef, and it's going and it's gonna be an issue. Because uh, James Harden bailout is when he gets tired. Okay, I'm gonna drive and I'm gonna do that shotgun. I'll get shot shit and, and travel. But you know the league different, so whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I'm gonna be interested to see how this all plays out in the playoffs. If you know, I'm sure they will make the playoffs, but uh, oh, they're they definitely making the playoffs, like they're a good team, and they you know, you got James Harden doing what he does, but it's like it's just matchup things where well, we've talked about our teams, let's talk about basketball. Like, you look at teams like they do not match up well with either Lakers or Clippers for different reasons. Because one on the Clippers, the Clippers have advantage where they have two wing players that could basically as close as you can shut down. Shut down anybody. Like, most teams lucky they have one, and they have two that can also score their ass off. That's always going to be an advantage. You know, you run, you turn around, and you see both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You're like, this is a damn Monstars movie. Like, which way are you going? Like, I've I've watched bits and pieces. Kawhi has just snatched balls away. I'm just, mm-hmm. I just want to steal. I'm just taking the ball and the score. And it's funny where... He like he doesn't look athletic at all. He's just go because he's like he's played slow and deliberate. He just dribbling. Next thing you know, he's ducking on somebody or he just pulling up for a three. Like everything is like, oh, I'm playing rec ball. Like it's above the rim. Like I got on. I'm I'm Leon and above the rim and I'm just chilling. Oh, I'm shooting my three. I'm gonna get in this exact spot where I want to be at. Shoot my fade away. Oh, I I just dunk on you. Oh, I'll just block the ball. And, like, I forgot which game it was. He got the game-winning block. He just walked off the court. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't stop to get no high fives. I was like, oh, time to take a shower. Like, it was just it was just light work. Yo, I swear he is He is just, he feels like a, deplo- a dude to just come in and you know, I'm just going to clock in and clock out. Like, all that other extra stuff, I ain't got time nah. for. Just had my check. Just chilling. Like, I just go in. And then you, and then Paul George is there, and they're working that in. So that's going to be a team to deal with. And the Lakers are the Lakers. Like, LeBron's like, you know what? I'm going to be Magic Johnson in year 17, and I'm going to lead the league in assists and drop what I need to drop because I got Anthony Davis lugging the weight. Yeah. And it's a yes, it's an advantage having two of the top seven players in the league on the same team. Like, that's – Yeah. That helps. And people forget, like, Anthony Davis is very good. That's why they traded for him. It's like, oh, you traded too many people. No, the hell they didn't. You trade whatever you – trust me. You don't do a whole bunch of trades for a good player. It's a great player. You trade whatever you need to trade to do that. Yeah, it's cool. LeBron. What you waiting for? LeBron James ain't waiting for Lonzo Barr to get a jump shot or, like, <laughs> Brandon Ingram to get a blood thinner. Like, he, he on a clock. Like, he times are wasted. You can get Anthony Davis, you get Anthony Davis. And 
now I got to hear the obnoxious Lakers fans because they were in hibernation and they back now. Like, oh, oh your team lost more than twice. Couldn't be me. Like, it's <laughs> and they that's fine. They get to enjoy themselves because they've been bad for that for a long time. And people thought LeBron was washed when really he was just injured last year. It was like he got him help. And that's going to be a fun series against those two, like with the Lakers and Clippers play. Also, want to give a shout out to Carmelo Anthony. Oh, yeah. Play, what was it? Player of the week? Player of the week. Yeah. He, he should have been had a job. Analytics kept him out the league. Yeah. And that and me and somebody else was having this conversation of why was he out the league? And we know I, why. Well, no, well, no, tell we me why. why. I can guess why. No, too. it's because people thought he wasn't worth the hassle. And it was like, you know, they looked at him as like a limited player. But he couldn't. They was like, oh, he couldn't accept his mindset of this. He's not Carmelo Anthony anymore. So we can't. I'm like, you've seen some of the people that's play. I seen Chandler Parsons get get minutes. It's like, come on. Now, like I watched some people that starting. Like, okay, if he's not a superstar, he shouldn't be your main first and second option. Cool, I can believe that. To say he can't play in the NBA anymore, you gotta be kidding me. Like Amir Johnson played last year, and he moving slower than my my uncles. Like I've seen some of the, I've seen some of the people that's that's played in the league. I've seen some people that started. You cannot tell me it's not a job for Carmelo Anthony. Like that's lunacy. It's this whole talk is like, oh, he's inefficient. He doesn't play defense. Fine. He don't. It's a lot of players that don't do that, and they still got jobs. Points matter. Points because it's. Points will always matter. I know it's funny. Like we know points matter. We say we overrate points and everything like that. I'm like, but we do because like we don't put these defensive players on a pedestal like that unless they missing. Like you know, Andre Robinson is an important part of the Thunder. Him being out affected the Thunder immensely. But people didn't realize that till he was out before. It's like he can't shoot. He's a bum. They talking about how he held the team back. Offensive players like, you know, when you need a bucket, it's always nice to have somebody get a bucket. Carmelo Anthony can get you a bucket. So, And it's not like Carmelo Anthony is Vince Carter's age. So the fact that he couldn't, he had to beg to get a job was, that shit was nonsense. It was always nonsense. Well, the only thing I can say is good to have him back in the league. Uh, and I see that he's getting a, getting a lot of love. So he got the player mm-hmm. of the week and hopefully he can keep going with this because it, he's starting in Portland too, ain't he? Yeah, they need him to start. Like, Portland was bad. They needed death. And and a lot of people were like, you know what? Keep that same energy that y'all had when y'all say he couldn't play anymore. Because a lot of people were like, he should have been playing. And they feel a certain way. And guess what? They should feel a certain way. Because it's like, it was insane that he, he wasn't playing. Like, they treated him like, did he, I'm like, did he kneel for the flag? Right. Like, what are we, like, what are we doing? Like, oh, I think Carmelo Anthony's washed. No, he not. Like Tyson Chandler plays. Like, what are we talking about? I remember somebody was saying something. Did his do? Did his outside stuff really affect him not getting in the league? You know, all his stuff that happens off the court. And I was like, it shouldn't because that's grown folks' business. All that stuff no, is it's, like no, that stuff. It's ain't got his personality. People look at Carmelo Anthony as a perennial loser and a gunner. They look at him as like light skinned Dominique Wilkins and. Dominique, even though Dominique Wilkins one of the greatest players we ever lived in the Hall of Famer, it's kind of like if Dominique Wilkins played now, he get treated like Carmelo Anthony got treated. Like people forget, like Carmelo Anthony's going to Hall of Fame the second he's eligible. There's no doubt about it. He can still play, he can still score. He he can't play defense. He was never a good defensive player. So what? You get him like Portland needed him. Portland got him. Kudos to Portland. And I was laughing Sixers fan when they was talking about rumor like you know. Sixes might get and they like, oh no, 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 like, really? You seen some of the junk the Sixes came out? You see the clogged toilet offense we play half the time? Y'all try, like, y'all trying to act like now we too good for Carmelo Anthony come off the bench? You in slight, nah. Sixes are, don't, I will never be that type of fan. I'm like, cut that shit out. And, and speaking of uh, Sixers, let's talk about this. Uh, let this be the last thing we'll close it out for this week. We got to get Shaheed writing. Uh, he sent me an article from what was the Ringer about basically mm-hmm. post up, the post up position being pretty much 
a, you know, a dying thing. It's not really relevant in the league anymore. And he was on this like two weeks ago. So we got to get this guy writing. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get, we're going to get the people to, uh, <laughs> message you, get you to writing because you pretty much said, well, pretty much everything this article said, you pretty much had already, you know, said, and that was because. Go ahead. I'm not the, my whole thing. I'm not the only person to say that. And it's we've talked about before. It's like they just put in numbers where I've seen with eyes because I watch a team that has that plays in the post, and I watch a team whose best player is the lead leaguer in post points. And then I hear the fan base talking about he needs to be in the post more. I'm like, we don't nobody do that anymore. Like that's. He does that enough as it is. We know why he doesn't do it anymore because of injuries. And, that, and the funny thing is, he's been doing it more, actually, more this year since that Toronto game. It's like, I'm going to get easy points. And like that. I'm like, teams aren't built for that. And skill sets aren't built for that. This whole, that's why a lot of fans, you know, they was like this Golden State shit. And, and they blame, they really blame the Rockets, this whole dunking threes thing. It's like, it's going to ruin the game. And I don't say it ruined the game. It definitely changed the game. It definitely made a lot of players obsolete. Like Jaleel Okafor would be an all-star in maybe like if he got drafted five years or six years earlier. Oh, Jefferson wouldn't have a job if he got drafted now. Like it's just this whole thing. Like, you know, you just a dude that can score in the paint and you can't, you don't got a three-point shot and you can't guard a perimeter. You get, you know, you get legislated out the league. Like Brooke Lopez had to become deadlift strength, basically. Like he used to get all his points. Yeah, yeah. He get all his points to the post. And now I'm seeing him and Robert Lopez pulling up from 35 feet. It's like everybody got to shoot threes because like space, space, space. People too big, too fast, and banging down lows inefficient. Long twos inefficient. Threes foul line. They treat like a math thing. It works if you can do it. If you can't do it, and you're still trying to do it. It don't work. The Sixers aren't built to play like Golden State at all. So they don't play like Golden State. They beat you inside. And it works because they have their whole thing is everybody's is going small. We're going to go big. We're going to maximize what we have and minimize the stuff we don't know. And guess what? It's been working. Like Sixers fans been worried about, oh, I'm not sure. It's like that. Keep in mind, the team hasn't really been healthy the entire year. They've been gelling anything like that. And they're still on pace to win like 58 games. They haven't lost at home yet. Like, they, they're they just beating people even when they're still trying to work shit out. Like, that team is going to be – it's a good chance that team going to win 60 games. And the Sixers aren't no Perino juggernaut where they would just be used to winning 50-something games. So fans are like don't know how to handle this. And I, I was watching – the reason why I wasn't watching Raw and, and half of Raw because I was – watching the basketball game and watch the movies I came down halftime you remember that pick I showed they were like oh you know Sixers they're going to choke they always struggling like that. and they was up like 24 when I sent you that picture yeah. Utah not a bad team they beat the brakes off Utah hey, and that's why I say I say we really complaining about a 24 point lead right now they just it's a section of fan base that just because the whole thing about the Sixers is this they the way they play is like how Memphis used to play. They beat teams, but they really blow out teams. The teams not because it's like you know they because they, once they get up like fifteen to twenty, they're like we got this, we gonna chill. So the league get down like ten, and people start getting worried. I'm like, yeah, it got down to ten. It's like three minutes left. Like they wasn't losing that. They weren't losing that game. And as long as the team is relatively healthy, they're gonna beat most of the teams they play, especially at home. They just that it's built differently that way. And I just laugh because fans can't wrap their head around it because they, they worry about all the stuff. They worry about, oh, Ben Shim can't shoot threes. Ben Shim trying to win defense player of the year. He's second in steals per game. He leads the he leads the league in total steals. He's missed two games. Like, stop. They can shut down anybody in a seven-game series between one of the one of the four or five stars they have and people they have off the bench. Like, the team is fine. They just working out the kinks and they're gonna be fine. And I'm it's hard getting used to it because they're not used to a it's hard when you're used to your team being bad and now they're like perennially good. You know, not used to it. So you focus on the flaws, not compared to tomorrow. I'm not sure about how the 60s feel. I'm like, ask Portland fans how they feel about their season. Cause 
because I know the start of the season, Portland was supposed to be like a, you know, Western Conference contender. How's that going? <laughs> go look at their record. Go ask Spurs fans how they feel about their record. Yeah. Um, I really want to talk about the Timberwolves, but I feel like it would go longer than what it should. And I just don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting that. I'm hitting that moment when I'm seeing everything um, that I saw for last year. I watched a game against the Grizzlies, and we were just <laughs> we were just done for. We were done for, and I think it's I think the more and more I watch is the point guard position. Jeff Teague is good, but I just don't know. I don't know if he works for this team. That makes any sense. Yeah, I mean it's. Here's the thing. Good doesn't work in a league where there's a lot of teams that have great point guards. Like, there's never been an era where there's been so many good to great point guards. Like, and I that's the thing. Like, how many? And that's that's the thing you run into where it's like, okay, it's good. Like, so what? Like, good ain't enough. You know, <clears throat> I see if they pretty much split in time with him and um, Culver. Like, Culver run the point, too. So, it's, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's working, but then I go back to Towns and, you know, we go back to this. He was one for 10 for three pointers. And we lost 115 Look, to 107. So, you know, the shots won't fall in for him. Look, sometimes it's going to be like that. Oof. Bro, I just got disappointed. I'm like, yeah, 10 and 9. What We we were sitting at 10 and 9 there. I'm like, it ain't, it's just like Minnesota basketball. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look. Look, it's that's how it be sometimes. You live by the three, you die by the three. And I know people like they looking at Carl Anthony Towns like, why is he out there pretending he Larry Bird? Why he ain't a It's like because he's not. So you just need to accept that. And that's just the nature of the thing. Like you know, accept what you t- focus on what good your team can do. And not worry about the bad stuff. I'm just glad I don't hear any more of this is Andrew Andrew Wiggins point guard stuff. Man, put them back in the point. That's what they need to do. <laughs> they went on a little small mini run with him at point, and they ain't going back to it yet. No, because right now everybody focused on Luka Doncic, and and instead of talking about how great he is, they trying to say he's white LeBron James. Like he ain't LeBron James. Just he's Luka Doncic. He's doing great at a young age, and I know people like making fun of. It's funny people aren't making fun of Atlanta anymore. They used to make fun of Atlanta because Atlanta traded that pick and they got Trey Young. They ain't make fun of Atlanta anymore because Trey Young is just acting like you know I'm Steph Curry with Wilder hair. I'm I'm shooting from the from the logo. I'm Steph Curry. Who like to, he's Steph Curry who like to go to the strip club. Yeah, I'm you know <laughs> I'm just doing so. Um, Phoenix is the one in the team that's kind of getting a slander because like you know not only did he not pick him they picked DeAndre Ayton he's not even playing because of you know suspension drug suspension mm-hmm. so I mean it's a reason why Doncic was so highly rated but it's also a reason why people weren't worried about it it's like you know I'm not sure about the athleticism because it's like you know it worked in the Euros will work in the pros and it's like if you're not a his whole thing was if you're good enough his athlete, he has enough athleticism to get to where point A, point B. And too many times we focus, and we write with this, is like we take this great athletes, like we teach them to play basketball, it's going to work. How many times did that happen? Where they had no skills in the pros and they become great, like Pascal Siakam, Ka- like Kawhi Leonard, like it happens sometimes. But even then, they had like some rudimentary skills and they're like they quick learners. Those are rare. Everybody ain't like that. It's not like I can take a guy and he never played ball, but he can run and he can jump. He can't shoot. He he doesn't know where to play, but I can teach that. And we, we said all the time in sports, like that happens one out of ten times. We teach that. I'd rather have somebody have the skills and get their body right in the NBA weight room than the other way around. Like, oh, I mo well, he can jump real high. He run a four two forty. I'm like, can he? Guard? Does he know? Does he know how to play defense? Can he shoot? Like, if we could teach people to shoot easily, everybody could shoot. 
the fact that everybody can't shoot shows that it's hard. Like it's not this ingrained thing. Like you can learn. Like some t- average j- jump shotters can become good, and good can become great. And sometimes, rarely, bad can become very good. But it's rare. It is very rare. And we need to stop doing that. And the success, like, focus on what you can do and not worry about the stuff you can't do. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Uh, one more last thing. So I just finished up um, um, the 30 for 30 Dennis Robin. Like, I never finished it. So I just finished it up uh, yesterday. And I got to tell you, that it has to be one of the most wildest 30 for 30s I've ever seen. Just the story, so, you know, the whole. Some of it you knew, but some of it you didn't know. And I'm just like, yo, this is insane. <laughs> it's, that story would never like Dennis Rodman career only makes sense if you grew up watching Dennis Rodman play. Because it's no way you can put that in reference how dominant player he was for somebody that would, did not give a rat's ass about offense. Right. <laughs> like, this man guarded, this man was guarding like Carmelo and Shaq. Look how he built. And then think about that. Dennis Rodman is, is tall. He is not a big man at all. And he could guard damn near anybody. And when I say anybody, I mean anybody. He won't get pumped. He won't back him down from nobody. I don't care who you told him to guard. I, I would say this. There have You know how hard it is to win defense play the year twice and you're not a center? Yeah. Yeah. Life is, is rare. It's, it's people that have won it once. It's like, you know, Peyton's won it. Jordan's won it. Alvin Robertson won it. I'm, has Kawhi won it? The, Kawhi won it twice? I know he won it once. I'm not sure if he won it twice. He might have won it twice. I think one year they got mad because they thought Draymond Green should have won because Kawhi didn't play enough games. Like, it's rare. And the people who've done it is very special. And Dennis Robin was special. Like, just the, the numbers he put up will never get matched ever. Like, he just had – and I never saw that man tired. Right, and he just ran up and down the court all day long, and just like never, like never got tired. And this is just funny, like you know, it's like three different players because you see him Detroit, and then you see him on the Spurs, and you're thinking like he's gonna be off the league, demolition man stuff going on. This man a wild boy, and then you go on the Bulls, wins three titles, yeah, and then he plays, and then he plays afterwards. Like the man, you know, played on the Lakers. You know, let's played in China, play wherever. And now it's like, oh, I got, I got the cell phone number of you know, the of the leader of North Korea. We homies. What? Like it's still I'm like married, what? <laughs> I married Carmen. You know, I married Carmen Electra for a weekend. We just hung out, got drunk, went to Vegas, did a Triple H joint. Except for it was consensual. Like, yeah, the man has lived a very wild life. Um, you know, I was in a, I was in a marsh, I was in a mainstream movie with Jean Claude Van Damme, and I was the co-star. Yeah, he, he, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy, interesting story. It's a ride. It is definitely with who else? Who else could, who else could say that? Like we just talking about, like oh, and I was wrestling one of the biggest pay per views WCW ever had. I was on the Tonight Show. I was in the NWO. Like we make we talk about all stuff Tyson did for WWE. Man, look what the Robin look Robin was in matches. Giving arm drags. <laughs> arm drags. Right, they took over the damn tonight show with Jay Leno. That's because of like we saw a match with Robin and Carl Malone and like a wrestling like, yes, Dennis Robin had a wild life. Probably, you know, a probably tragic wild upbringing and made it through. And it's just amazing the background that all these people have and how most people shouldn't have made it and not only they make it they thrive or thrive as much as you can yeah uh so anybody who hasn't seen it uh if you got i guess it's the only espn plus if you can check it out there i would suggest you check it out it's probably one of my one of my favorite 30 for 30s i've seen and they have a lot of them so yeah anyway we'll close out this week um so if you want to follow me on social media you can always follow me at jeff versus the world on twitter and on facebook any questions or comments you can leave at jeff versus the world at yahoo.com and shaheed you can give them yours you can find me on both instagram and twitter at philly drugs that's philly underscore drugs and i would just want to leave on a comment remember i talked about last week about how 
people that were fans of Sixers Frosted talking about one of the things where the fans would never come back. And I would just want to state that the fan that the Sixers had led the league in attendance last year and probably lead the league in attendance this year. And currently they're on pace for the highest rated and most streamed season on NBA Sports Philadelphia. You know what happens? When you win, people come back. Yeah, um, I guess it's great to be a Sixers fan these days. <laughs> <laughs> Damn goons. We are out. Peace. <laughs>